Josh and Frankie with a couple of dumb shits. Hello, primates! You found Primus Tracks. Congratulations! We're on Instagram and Twitter at Primus Tracks. You can email us primustrackspod at gmail.com. You can also find my pal Frankie at Frankie Berestein on Instagram. Speaking of Frankie, he over the life of the podcast, he stepped up and showed us lots of things. Frankie, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, Josh. I'm good, and you? I'm doing great. We're talking about track 10 from Green Naugahyde, Green Ranger today. Green Naugahyde, Green Ranger. The color green is quite prevalent on this record so far, and will continue to be <laughs> as we progress through it, so... You're going to hear that word a lot, see that color a lot. We're already on track 10, Frankie. I'm uh, somewhat shocked by that, but I suppose these albums go by fairly quickly uh, once we're in the throes of it. Absolutely. Although this... although anti-pop was kind of long, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, 13 tracks plus a hidden one. Intro, remember, that's right. We spent hours and hours doing research on intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we had to get that one vetted. We had to get it peer-reviewed. It was it was quite an undertaking, but I think intro is our best episode of all time. <laughs> Just and Space Farm. Space Farm, Farm also uh, high up on the list. If you haven't heard those two episodes, intro and Space Farm, go ahead and play those back-to-back. Just our academic pursuits were at an all-time high there, and I think the quality of those two episodes stands head and shoulders above every other one. We do have a lot of business to take care of. Before we talk about Green Ranger today, uh, I would like to welcome a couple of people to the Punch Bowl. You, too, can join the Punch Bowl. All you have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can say whatever you want. You could also leave a five-star review on Audible. We have one of those there. You can also just DM us on Instagram or Twitter or tag us in a post that indicates it's a five-star review. I'll read it on here. I'm not picky. Frankie, I imagine you'll take all the five-star reviews you can get. Yes, please. It's what, <laughs> it's what gets him out of bed in the morning, folks. It's what He needs it. Our first one is from Apple Podcast, and this is from Michael Rydzinski, who says, love it. Decided to write a review after listening to the K.O. Gonzalez Lee Van Cleef app. I'm a bass player, too, and love me Primus. I'm self-taught from watching less. Great show, just fun all around. Thank you very much. Sounds like we have attracted some uh, new fans since we had K.O. on board. I think we did. He might have some power uh, in his realm to to draw people in. So shout out to you, (laughs) K.O. You're helping us out. (laughs) Hopefully we can help you out. Somehow, I can wash your dishes, I don't know, do your laundry, whatever you want, man. So that one was from Apple Podcasts. We got a really nice message on Instagram as well, Frankie. I'm going to read this whole thing. This is from Tom Townley. He sent this a few weeks ago, uh, but I was waiting for an episode where we weren't going to bore a guest to death with our (laughs) five-star review. So here we are. Tom says, I have to do this in the nut butter voice because he did this first paragraph to the uh, tune of Professor Nutbutter. So here we go. He says, hi, I'd like to leave a five-star review. And then it goes into this. Come on, kiddies, gather around. What's the best podcast in town from ear to ear? The sound resounds, Josh, Frankie, and Soya. There you go. If you parody Primus lyrics in your review, I will do it in a Les Claypool voice or some kind of approximation. That's my guarantee to you. (laughs) Spot on. It's not even embarrassing. It's just fun to do. I love doing that voice. I don't get enough chance to do it for an audience. 
Tom continues, as a super fan for over a decade, it's amazing to find people with the same interest in Primus. I would like to offer a huge thanks to Josh, Frankie, Soya, Le Special, and every guest that makes the podcast happen. As shortly after discovering Primus tracks, my daughter was born 10 weeks premature and was quite unwell. She's okay now. I have no doubt that listening to the podcast both at work, on the way to the hospital each day, and at home helped me through this difficult time, so thank you once again. Please keep doing what you're doing, and I look forward to seeing the band when they hit Manchester, UK later in the year. Uh, and I messaged Tom back, and I gotta say, I'll say this to you here again, Tom, on the podcast. That means a whole lot that we were able to provide you even a minuscule amount of comfort during what could only be one of the most trying times of your life. So thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. That is a lovely, lovely review. Best yeah. wishes to you. Glad to hear your daughter's doing well, and I'm sure she's destined for the great things. And it has nothing to do with us. But <laughs> So once again, five-star reviews, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, PrimusTracksPod at gmail.com. However you want to get it to us, go for it. Carrier Pigeon is fine. I don't know that I'll get it. And I, I do have a couple of murderous cats in the yard, so it's dicey. So those digital communiques are probably the best. We also have some folks to welcome to Captain Shiner's Yacht. I think in a couple cases, Frankie, we have a couple folks to welcome back to Captain Shiner's Yacht. They wanted another go-round. Cool. You two can, of course, join Captain Shiner's Yacht. All you have to do is uh, you can drop us a line on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Uh, PrimusTracksPod at gmail.com is the PayPal address at PrimusTracks on Venmo. You can help us out with server costs. Drop a few bucks. I'll send you some stickers that Frankie designed. We have two different stickers. We have, uh, I, I'm calling them the Caesar Cheese stickers, the first edition we did, and the second edition I'm calling the Pork Soda ones, for obvious reasons. Once you see the designs, you can see them on Instagram. Designed and drawn by Frankie. This Frankie. Frankie right there. Beristein of Primus Tracks Towers, not some other Frankie off the street. We don't have a fancy website. You can't just tap a button and get some stickers. You actually have to interact with me, and I know that's a barrier to a lot of people, so I apologize ahead of time. Uh, I would like to thank the following people for their generous donations, and they in turn received some wonderful Primus Track stickers. Anthony in New York, this is his second time around. Gary in Pennsylvania, Robert in New Jersey, we're pretty heavy on the Northeast United States. Brian, somewhere, because he hasn't given me his address yet. Brian, message me back, please. <laughs> I want to send you some stickers. And Amber in Virginia, and I want to give a special shout out to Amber in Virginia because she left a wonderful message. She found us by accident, Frankie. She told us she told me she was looking for bastardizing Jalikit on Spotify. Oh, yes. Couldn't find the track, but she found us, and I suppose we're the next best thing. And that's the highest. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> thanks for sticking around, Amber, and thanks for getting some stickers. All right, how about miscellaneous debris? Wow. We haven't done the punch bowl yacht miscellaneous debris trifecta in a while, Frankie. This is pretty exciting. And we have a couple of pieces relating to our last episode with Blaz Perez. Blaz, hope you're feeling better, buddy. He was under the weather. We were talking we were trying to figure out what pedal Larry was using on Moron TV, and there was a rig rundown with Larry from 2017, still on YouTube. I recommend you go watch it right now. I'm pausing so people can go watch it, Frankie. Okay, it's 20 minutes, so we'll be here a while. Oh, they're back. Uh, so they must have found that part because Larry uh, specified that he uses the Strymon pedal for the Moron TV lick. So it's uh, it sounds a lot like I, you can get similar sounds, I think, out of the Bubbletron, but it's just not the same. So it's the Strymon pedal. And you can check that out on Larry's Rig Rundown from 2017. It's out there on YouTube. The other thing is uh, we got our wires crossed, I suppose. So that first live cut that you heard from the Moron TV episode was not Jay Lane on drums on the Guinea Pig Tour. 
I believe that was the summer camp show in 2014 with everybody's favorite drummer, and his name is Frankie. Herv. Once again, we're not perfect. Well, Frankie is. I probably screwed it up. It happens. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed the more on TV episode. Blaz was great. Thanks again to Blaz. Had a great time with him. It's still one of my favorite tracks. Frankie, you can try to talk me out of it, but I think it's my top Nagahide track still. No problem. I think after we do all the records, maybe we'll share our number one track from each album. Surprise cool. each other. Maybe enrage each other. I doubt that. Speaking about those ideas, I mean, we're, I mean, we still have a, a while to go, but we're also getting close to the inevitable conclusion of the discography <laughs> as of yet. And I can sense the dread in some of our listeners because they inquire if we're going to tackle the solo projects, if we're going to revisit some albums. Mm. Um, I think people are, some people are fearful of their Monday podcast disappearing. Well, we should lay all these fears to rest and let everybody know that after the last Primus Studio track, I'm retiring. We should tell everybody, of course, that we are going to continue after we finish our Primus Studio tracks. We will we will tackle all of the side projects in chronological order. So essentially, we're going to go back to the 90s, probably starting with Sausage and working our way forward. I think we will revisit some of these records, especially the first few uh, with some of our more illustrious guests we're going to be here for a while. We are going to be here for quite some time. And Primus is going to make music into eternity, guys. They Those guys are immortal. It's part of the charm of them. Uh, all three are going to live forever. Have you seen Larry? The guy hasn't aged since 1990. <laughs> I think it stems from his time in Possessed. He must have made a deal with a certain entity who could grant him long life and eternal youth. With that, we're on to track 10 of Green Naugahyde, and that is Green Ranger. Music is credited to Claypool and Lane. This one clocks in at two minutes and three seconds. I'm calling this one an interstitial with lyrics. But before we get into that argument, Frankie, I'm sure you have some sort of live history on this one. Yes. Um, before we dive into the live history, I just wanted to point out that it's one of the shorter tracks on the record. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the most interesting for sure, musically and lyrically. And we're going to get that into that in a moment. But Green Ranger was premiered on May 20th, 2011 at Minglewood Hall in Memphis, remaining in heavy rotation throughout 2011 and 2012 because it was part of the back-to-back -back performances of Green Nogahide. Last performance to date took place on June 20. 2012 at the Avalon Theater in Grand Junction. It was never performed again after the full Green Naugahyde album runs. Prior to those runs, it, it was included randomly in the set lists as a guinea pig to, uh, as a guinea pig treat, I, I should say. But after that, it never came back. However, and quite surprisingly, it was resuscitated by Duo the Twank in 2013 with six performances in total. While the song is relatively short on the album, the twang version clocked in at, at well over five minutes, sometimes almost six minutes. Hmm. Professional recordings of the song can be seen on the Bonnaroo and the Opener Festival in Poland. From my perspective, and this could be controversial and we're gonna get into that, 
I feel the song is a sequel of sorts to Over the Electric Grapevine from Tales from the Potch Bowl, 16 years prior. It deals with the same subject, the consumption of particular substances, <laughs> but it delves deeper into the aftermath of the event rather than the experience itself. That's my recollection of the song. Yeah. And there's a curious reference to the ear ringing that Les suffers derived from his scuba diving incident. For me, the song is very brief, but it's highly evocative, which makes it very effective. The upright line transports the listener right into the song's narrative and the soundscape. And the lyrics during the bridge, however, are a complete mystery, as I guess the majority of us find them completely unintelligible. Except for the opening line, which clearly is, you nearly lost the plot there, didn't you, laddie? After that, it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> just a <laughs> just a side note about the twang version because i'm sure you might be curious about why it's so long right yeah for it sure it starts and- it starts off you know with this very eerie atmosphere um and it's actually kind of reminiscent of nature boy during the intro you know you get like this um this kick drum effect that Liz had you know that he was doing with his foot during those shows and then you have the bass line coming in. Of course, it's adapted from upright to, to dobro, and right. it, it's quite eerie. But then it gets, you know, really bouncy. Uh, and then near the end, it gets really fast. So it's, uh, it's really interesting how they built that twang version. And of course, Kehoe plays a very complex guitar line throughout the song. So it's nothing like the Green Nogahide version. They are like two radically different songs so that's my take on well that's my brief intro for green ranger what do you think josh i can i can admit right now that i don't believe i knew about the half dozen duo de twang performances so that's a surprise to me <laughs> looks like all those performances are on the eastern seaboard after yeah after 2013 we've got nothing from it but you're right, this heavy rotation in 11-12, and then I like the word resuscitated that you used for duo de twang. That's, that's, <laughs> a, great, that's a great word for it. But then it's gone again. So uh, this one, it's been nigh on close to 10 years that we haven't gotten to hear a live rendition of it. I'll make sure that we get to hear a portion of a duo de twang version with cool. our live cuts later, because that, that'll be new to me. Um, and it's always great to hear some of these songs reinterpreted even by the artists that created them. So it's, I'll be excited for that one. Cause I, you know, I'm, we've, we've both heard the duo de twang record uh, and seen plenty of performances, whether live or on video, you and I, Frankie, that is. And there's some nice surprises in there for the, for one going in for the first time uh, and seeing these things. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool record, but I think it's kind of cover heavy. I mean, the Bee Gees cover is fantastic, even yep. though I know a lot of people hate it. But I could have done without one or two tracks and maybe replace them with some original material or some reinterpretations that were really amazing during the tour. You know, Green Ranger, um, One Better. Of course, the record came out before they were doing... uh, Well, no, actually not. I mean, they toured quite heavily with, you know, different set lists, but... I guess some performances actually predate the record and others came yep. out later, but it would have been cool if 
One Better and Green Ranger had made it to the record. Maybe even Tommy the Cat because they also tackled that one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think I've said this before and I was going to save it for our due to 20 discussion in 2027. But the uh, I can I can tell you I snuck that Dude Twang version of the Bee Gees song into the playlist on my wedding night. So it's it awesome. people people were dancing to it. <laughs> <laughs> people enjoyed it. So that was great. Uh all right, so the track itself, yeah, I'm calling it an interstitial with lyrics. I don't have a ton to say about it, but you you pointed to a couple of things. So I do want to start with the the really interesting drum line we get with Jay, and it's got a flange on it, actually. You never really hear a drum kit with an entire flange on it, for the most part. It shows up uh, here and there in the rock world, but here's one right here with Jay Lane laying down. And this must have been one of those moments where Les said, give me something, Jay, and this is what Jay gave him, and they ran with it. The flange effect, I think, is used very well here. So let's listen to this intro until we hear the upright join. Once the upright joins, the flange is still on the drum kit, I think, until the vocals begin, and then it's more straight ahead. But Jay's given that really cool groove. When I hear that upright, I just think of a foghorn. So I just, I'm just hearing a foghorn cutting through. And really for Lur, I just hear a lot of chromatic one-note things. He's doing a couple of things underneath, but I'm mostly hearing Lur uh, just give us a lot of little chromatic runs uh, to f- to flourish things or flesh things out, I suppose. So we we get this interesting groove, uh, and then we get these lyrics over. But for you, Frankie, you're saying you're you're saying it's very evocative, and f- I would say it is for me. But I want to hear your thoughts first, so mine may crystallize in my head. When it comes to this playing upright, I think we're accustomed. We, well, prior to this record, we were accustomed to like these uh, very well structured songs, right? With verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and very memorable lines. Even if they were kind of simple, you know, like Mr. Crinkle, it's very effective, simple right. but memorable. And then this song is kind of an oddity because, I mean, we have, of course, we have one of the centerpieces of the record, Chili's on Smack, an upright tune. Mm-hmm. But we also have Green Ranger, and we also have Eternal Consumption Engine, which are kind of uh, innovative in terms of the Primus catalog because they are upright pieces that are on the shorter side and very upbeat. Okay. I mean, it's a total contrast to Chili's on Smack itself, right? Or even previous upright tunes like Glass Sandwich or Mr. Crinkle. So that's the first thing that stands out for me. And then uh, the line that Les is playing uh, for this track for Green Ranger, I think it's the same case. It's quite simple, but it's extremely effective. To me, it pairs extremely well with the rest of the instruments. And it also helps to carry the lyrics along to make them, you know, like kind of threatening, kind of eerie. I mean, without listening to the lyrics or without paying much, much attention to the lyrics uh, themselves, you can sense that there is something wrong going on in the storyline, right? Because of this upright baseline, which is kind of uh, off-putting. I mean, it gives you the impression that that there's something not quite right. That's the impression that I get from it. That's why I say it's evocative. Well, let's play that part and let's hear how ominous it is. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's kind of got that drone to it. So there's there's that element of not malevolence so much as that inevitability. It does feel like something's going to happen. And and that's kind of the idea behind music anyway, right? <laughs> Is that they're they're building to something or giving us a hint at what's going to come next. There's going to be a transition. Uh, but yeah, this has uh, this kind of has that ominous feeling to it, and it really does. I think with the flange on the drums and the kind of the off kilter beat, because you know you can count out the beats on it, but it's definitely not a straight ahead rock beat. It's a it's a J Lane special there, and it's a bit trippy. And so you made mention of over the electric grapevine, which as far as lyrical content goes, as you said, was about a specific experience on a specific substance, and that music especially in the instrumental portion in the last half is way out there, you know, and really provides that backdrop for, for the tale being told. And I can see a similar approach here. So you could say this is a thematic sequel to Grapevine, and I definitely wouldn't argue with that. So we're getting that, um, not, not necessarily, you know, we, we're getting a Jay Lane drum line that's driving it through, which is obviously very different than what Herb's giving us on Grapevine, but it's starting with really great involved drum beat and the bass is building off that and Larry's filling in the cracks. So we've got, and, and I could say that and you could name 87 Primus songs, but these two have that in common. Absolutely. So let's play this part with some uh, vocals and, and hear it all coming together. I like that Les is switching between the bullet mic and the clean. Weirdness with the vocals, too, to keep us off kilter. And and Jay's keeping that beat with the hi-hat and and the kick drum, but the snare falls out, and that's what brings it down some to give space to the lyrics. Yes. But, I mean, speaking about that, that bullet mic, it contributes a lot to that middle portion of the lyrics being completely uh, impossible to understand. And of course, we know that it's uh, an artistic liberty, but I wonder uh, why Liz would keep uh, that narrative portion of the song uh, masked from our understanding. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's just a stream of consciousness and he's not saying anything very revelatory regarding the the content of the song but anyway i find it quite frustrating to not be able to piece together what he's saying Mm -hmm. well we've been down that road before with specific tracks like a mr crinkle that has a lot of background vocals uh before it kicks into the ending portion and uh, fish on has a whole lot of background vocals less just going wild and most of it is understandable but not all of it so there's there's a handful of tracks where this happens but i think he likes to leave a layer of mystery around tracks sometimes so he'll he'll often leave unprinted a lot of spoken word portions or some of the background things that aren't part of the main lyrical delivery so i think that's the idea here and why not why not leave a little sense of mystery for us to try to figure out what he's doing with that distortion and the really bad British accent, you know, on top of us. So. <laughs> he omitted that portion from the Duo de Twang versions, by the way. What? We didn't get unintelligible ranting over the twanginess? Nope. <laughs> well, we get it here, and I and I, I believe we get it live. Is that correct? With the Primus versions. Every single performance. He just wants it to remain a mystery, I suppose. 
Let's get to that part because there's some <laughs> it's it is really funny the way he vocally goes off the deep end there uh, with that part. I have no idea what he's saying. No yeah. clue whatsoever. If you watch, if you watch the Heineker Opener Festival 2011 pro shot footage, the things that stand out first of all is that this track. I think it served several purposes on stage, right? Not only in the context of the full album performances, but I mean, look at this festival. They were not doing Green Alga Hide in its entirety. Green Ranger was thrown into the set list. Um, first of all, the theatricality of the performance, right? You have Les wearing the pig mask. Mm-hmm. He's doing, you know, his uh, his stage antics with the with the bow. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of the moment of the show where he wants people to to take away something very memorable visually, right? On right. the other hand, uh, there's a little more. I mean, at least in this recording, there's a little more clarity to to the lyrics, but it's still impossible to figure out everything that he's saying. Another thing that I want to point out is that they would extend the intro of the track because Jay would play the drum pattern all alone for a while while Les joined uh, joined back the stage with the pig mask on. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun to watch the Heineker performance because... You see how Jay is hitting the cymbals, and then he's using his other hand to silent to mute them. Oh, catching them, yeah. That's yeah, that's something really cool to see. And there's one more thing that is not directly related to Green Ranger, but this festival had Prince and Primus uh, as as part of the lineup, and I've always wondered if Prince bothered to see any of the Primus action from the side of the stage or from another advantage point. Now that's a Primus Tracks mystery of the week. <laughs> Did Prince have any idea that Primus existed? I mean, those two names are right next to each other at the record store. So there's two things that we can throw out to the listeners. One, if you know for a fact that Prince was aware of Primus in any way, shape, or form, please let us know. PrimusTracksPod at gmail.com, at PrimusTracks on Instagram and Twitter. Or... If you've been able to translate what in the world Les is saying in that distorted part, please let Frankie know he will be able to sleep better at night. I'm going to play from one minute and 25 seconds to one and a half minutes because I really love the clumsy upright portion here. It's only five seconds long. And then for the next 15 seconds, we just have Jay Lane being awesome. It's it's really interesting that they play this at a festival, Frankie, because it does seem like it's a great time for Les to put on the pig mask and do his fencing routine with the bow and get the crowd going. Because anytime he comes out swinging that bow and wearing that pig mask, the crowd goes crazy. I'm sure we've talked about that before. Uh, but to play Green Ranger is quite a surprise, especially at a festival. But let's hear him play a little bit of Clumsy Upright, and then Jay can finish off this track in style. That just sounds like something that would have been off of uh, right off of Calling Kyle. 
<laughs> you know, from the Mackerel album, which it sounds like a leftover from that. But here's Jay uh, bringing it home. Frankie, you know how I feel when they open it up and the ride symbol comes into play. And Jay is... You love it. Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. And he's giving us the rolls on the ride, but he's keeping the hi-hat going. Uh, he's doing some Google stuff there. But it's only 14, 15 seconds. It leaves me wanting more. And I think that's the sign of a, an effective song, even if it's only two minutes long. I want to hear more of it. Uh, but they're, they're under no obligation to do that for us. Not, I mean, musically... Uh, there's there's some stuff there. There's some interesting stuff, but not uh, it's uh, to me it just it's not a Southington waltz, uh, but it's it's something in that realm uh, that kind of cleanses the palate after this heavy more on TV leading into a pretty heavy hoeing for the man next. Spaces those tracks out nicely and gives us something trippy in between. I think I think that's a really good way to describe it. It's a palate cleanser for sure. And gives less a, an excuse to use his British accent, which I'm I'm not sure if he knows what region he's from when he does his British accent, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely not Liverpool. I know that. Um, if you're a British accent expert, <laughs> please email us primestrikespot at gmail.com and tell us what's less going for. Here's where it really gets interesting, Frankie. Let's talk lyrics. Not a All lot right, of them, so. but they reveal a lot. So what do you think, Josh? Do you agree it's somehow connected to Electric Grapevine? I think you put it perfectly where we're dealing with the fallout as opposed to the experience itself. Grapevine was a really fun experience with Adam on the road. And now we're, we're seeing what, what happened as a result of some of these things. And, and you pointed to a couple really important things that we should note. In stanza one, Green Ranger is code for drugs. I would assume LSD. <laughs> Um, which you pointed to earlier. Uh, but we have, I took a ride, and I've never heard that as a street term before, and you know I know all of them. But we have, uh, I took a ride with the Green Ranger, stepped up and showed me lots of things. That's great personification of the Green Ranger or the acid. Uh, it liquefied my eye and sliced me up like pie. I wonder if that's the pie in the sky from Hennepin, Frankie. <laughs> this might be your second favorite track now. Uh, now at night, my right ear always rings. There's that autobiographical line right there. So we know in, was it 91, 92, down in the Florida Keys, Les said he had a scuba or snorkeling accident that left, cut out some of, uh, resulted, excuse me, in the higher frequencies in his right ear, uh, no longer registering. Is that right? That's right. I think that's what he's pointing to there. Uh, but of course, I never knew that his right ear always rings at night. But that begs the question, Frankie, was he... Tripping on acid while underwater? That doesn't sound safe. That's the thing. It's really strange how this detail is thrown into the song if we're right, assuming it's the aftermath of the, the trip with Adam Gates. So the inclusion of this, uh, this anecdote makes me think that what he's singing in the middle that we cannot figure out might just be stream of consciousness, maybe like random facts or random anecdotes about his life, the clue might be the the ringing in his ear. And it could be with the unintelligible part. It could just be some commentary. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've been under the influence of certain substances before, Frankie, but when uh, the what I've heard is, the, you know, that inner monologue can be 
very strange, and it can feel like not you because uh, you know your your control centers are a bit off kilter or a lot off kilter. That monologue uh, is, is you, but it's not you. Uh, if if that makes any sense, so there's that could just be what's playing in somebody's head when they're under the influence. Connecting, it's, it seems like this guy's had a few experiences with LSD, and he actually, uh, you know, he talks about the MTV Spring Break appearance where they didn't want to do it. They thought it was stupid, so Les decided to drop acid. <laughs> and so he's doing, he's, you know, he's out there uh, while doing that performance. And it's a really good performance. It's a good one to watch. <laughs> it's pretty prevalent in his lyrical history and in some of the history of Primus here. And, of course, we, we know that Frizzle Fry, the name... Is is a reference to LSD, and they he makes lyrical reference to those uh, those parties. So we know he's yes. so we know he's made lyrical reference to Barrington Hall, where these parties took place, where people put LSD in the punch bowl. So we have tales from the punch bowl. We have Barrington reference in Frizzle Fry and a solo track named Barrington Hall. Pretty memorable stuff, I suppose. So he's he's had these experiences, and he's starting to bring them back around. Uh, with that second stanza. He took another ride with the Green Ranger, and this must have been during his steampunk phase because uh, he, he mentions the Nevada City fire turned my nostril hairs to wire. I assume he's talking about Burning Man because the that festival, they call it a festival, but it actually becomes a city in the desert for a, for a number of days. The, the fire must be either the temple or the Burning Man uh, on fire, and I mean, it's part of the ritual for the festival, so people watch that. As, as it burns and celebrate it as, as part of their creative endeavors and being human and, you know, letting some of their inhibitions go. So, uh, you know, I think Luke joked about uh, let's go into Burning Man. So he must have at some point. Can you make out any, I mean, the bridge is unintelligible, but can you make out any isolated words? Um, I understand he says bucket once. Oh, and yes, I did hear the word bucket. And other than that first line, oh, you lots of plot, did you boy? That's, yeah, I haven't yeah. heard. I, I can't make out anything else. Uh, I hope he says gelato because I really want some right now. <laughs> or it could be yaladi. Uh, that's more like it, I'm sure, is uh, laddie, yes. Well, the, lost the plot itself is a British phrase. We know that Les is fond of British comedies. And, and so pals with Noel Fielding, right? That's right. He's pals with Noel Fielding. And we know he's taken on or appropriated some of those phrases in his own vernacular. Uh, so he uses these from time to time. So for him to include Lost the Plot, I, I think he's using that purposefully because it's something that he says. Uh, and it once again gives him an excuse to use the British accent that returns on a Bucket of Bernie Brains. And I'm not thinking of the other one right now, but I think I've heard it on another recording. Irrelevant. Immaterial right now. So... I don't know. I don't know what he's saying, but uh, there's a lot of references to uh, LSD throughout, <laughs> you know, Primus history. So I really appreciate you putting together those uh, this track with Electric Grapevine as far as a, a thematic connection. Once again, at this time, it's a cautionary tale. Les loves his cautionary tales. It's strange. The message is strange because it's I had these experiences, and this stuff will really mess you up. But then he repeats, who wants to ride with the Green Ranger? So now it becomes to me, this stuff will mess you up. Who's in? Let's go. <laughs> so uh, it's ambiguous as far as what he's trying to tell us there at the end. Other than, here's my experiences. 
He might as well just end it with, but you don't have to take my word for it. LeVar Burton reading Rainbow. Oh, it's a little song. It's a nice little song. But we know Les definitely had a steampunk phase because he emceed that event in Santa Rosa and then went to Burning Man for crying out loud. <laughs> and uh, he's he's been dressing like a steampunk anime protagonist for the last decade. Well, we have a couple of things to share here. I'm going to go first. I have been remiss in searching for covers for some of these green Naugahyde tunes, and I apologize. But I was surprised to find more than one cover of Green Ranger, Frankie. One of them I'm not going to play because it's a one-man Doom Sludge project, and it is not good or remotely close to what the actual track sounds like. But I am going to play this one. Uh, This is posted by somebody named Alexander Riley, and this is an acapella cover of Green Ranger. I took a ride with Green Ranger He stopped off and showed me lots of things He liquefied my eyes and flashed me up like pie Now at night my right hair always rings I took a ride with Green Ranger Seems that things are... That's probably enough of that, but it's pretty funny. (laughs) Now... And I'm not making fun of Alexander because that's it takes a lot of guts to do that for one and two. It's actually pretty creative. But this is something that I do in my spare time. I'll do acapella versions of Primus tunes. It's when I don't have the record or I don't have the music and I'm just in my car or in the backyard. You know, just acapella song here and there. Why not? So good for you, Alexander. I do that stuff, too. I just don't put it on YouTube yet. (laughs) I'll happily tell you guys this a while back. I was this close to putting an acapella version of Larry's extended solo from Rapscallion up for you to listen to, but I didn't want to torture you. So that's it's on the cutting room floor somewhere. But if you would like to hear it, all you have to do is send $500 to primustrackspot at gmail.com via PayPal, and I will happily send you that MP3, and you can mock me for the rest of your life. $500. Do we hear 500 Frankie doesn't even want to hear it. Damn. What if I told you it was Larry doing it a cappella? Oh, well, that would be that would be something. Oh, sure. Yeah, when Larry does it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that guy's all right. So that was a cover of Green Ranger, which I was shocked to find. But we also have a couple live cuts. All right, Josh, what's first? First. Now, this one's labeled Guinea Pig Tour. Are we absolutely sure this is guinea pig tour? It's got to be, because it hasn't been performed since 2012. Okay. Wow, this one's five minutes and 50 seconds. So uh, they must have been stretching it out even on the guinea pig tour. That's fascinating. Okay, we're going to listen to a portion of this, and I think we're going to get to the unintelligible lyrics after this. Oh, he's starting it. Okay. That's an interesting way to start it. That's how he's Q and J. <laughs> he's making him do it how many times? <laughs> what a great groove. 
That lady's having a good time. Oh my gosh. All right, I got to pause it there because he's making Jay do it a thousand times. I love that groove, though. Uh, so I'm going to forward to the unintelligible lyrics being performed live. Maybe we'll achieve clarity on this. I will listen closely. That's the night I nearly lost the plot. I believe he's ad-libbing because he he even stops and says, uh, <laughs> like he's trying to think of something to say. And for a moment, I thought he was saying, shine your dog, but that can't be right. Our next one is Austin, Texas, Stubbs, 2011. A classic performance. We're going to hear the atmospheric pre-coda, according to Frankie's email. I like these live recordings because those drums sound big. Good pulls again, Frankie. Of course, I didn't even know any of these existed. How about we listen to a little bit of a Do a De Twang version? Sure. I would like to know what you think. All right, here we go. This is Do a De Twang, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, April 26, 2013. Lesson Kehoe. Okay, I'm going to pause it there because that's right there. Kehoe's dropping into the to the Green Ranger kind mm-hmm. of upright part there, and then and then giving us some chicken picking there. But it, that's that just sounds like a kick ass slide solo to me. Hey, Kehoe, you're pretty good. Radically different to to the Green Naga height cut, right? Absolutely, I didn't hear it until that one little part right before I paused. Uh, it's that, like a, yeah, it's kind of a collage of different things because there were some moments where. I think it was also echoing Eternal Consumption Engine, right? You know, I wasn't listening. I don't think I was listening that closely, but that uh, you could. I mean, you could make that argument for uh, uh, ECE has kind of that that same uh, similar pace. Yeah. Yeah. You could equate those to a degree. I'll say that. That's all I have to say about Green Ranger. Any parting thoughts on this one, Frankie? It's it's a glorified transition track. A very nice uh, track in the context of the album, and also one I occasionally like to listen to out of the context of the record, because it's short and fun. Well, Green Ranger, I guess I do want to ride with you, but only because you've been tracked. 
next time, Frankie. Crispy on them fries, please. And that's a juicy hamburger. You ever seen a hamburger that could take a bite out of you? Simpsons. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's enough out of us. PrimusTracksPod at gmail.com, at PrimusTracks Instagram and Twitter. We've got some Primus mysteries to solve, folks. Help us out, won't you? Later days. Willie Mace. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.